Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara with Brian on the other line. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. In the valley on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in His flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. This is by Rabia the Mystic, a a Muslim uh, cleric, and uh, I find that really beautiful. Good morning, Brian. Good Good morning, listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as with Him teach us to heal. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. My friends, if you could start every day just saying we are here to serve. Wow. We're here to do what we're supposed to be doing. And you know what is good about that is that that means sometimes we make a mistake. I call it in the book, uh, Swerve Left, when we should swerve right. And sometimes we swerve right when we should swerve left, but everything moves its way back to stasis as long as service is in your mind. Just being the tool that you can be for God in a given moment, and there's no absolute definition of what that is. Now, you'll notice that we've changed the format a little bit, and we'll talk about that. We uh, are prepared uh, to do uh, some readings on the air you need to know that's a giant step out for me uh, maybe you don't need to know that but I'm going to say it I recognize that that's an act of service that's being put on me um, but I'd like to have some ground rules number one if um, either Brian or I are talking uh, we will finish saying finish our conversation before we call, call on you so we will keep you there we will see you and we will recognize you don't don't think that we won't, but we will not interrupt um, each other in order to accomplish that. Um, and number two, I am not God, and so I may not be able to feel what you need to hear, and so I have to reserve the right to say that um, I don't know. I can't. Um, I can't say. You know, I have no idea. I can't read you today. doesn't mean I won't be able to read you forever. I know a friend who used to have psychics tell her they couldn't read her, and she pretty soon decided no psychic could read her. Well, I don't know that that's true. Everything has to do with, with just everything. Nothing is disconnected. That's probably an important thing that I should say, too, is, is I read in a sense of connection. And because the other side and this side in connection are all one, uh, I don't know the personal details of your life. I'd like to share with you, uh, I'm going to have Brian tell us about his week, but let me just share with you my experience with having done that reading online. I, I felt so very uncomfortable because it was really kind of stepping out, to be frank. And um, then I, a friend had given me for Christmas a book called The Shack. And if you haven't read it, my friends, you should read it. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal, and there's probably a thousand messages for every person in there. But one that I definitely got for us right now is that God, and I'm sending it out to all of you, and I hope that it resonates within you, uh, is the idea that um, God isn't in the past because it's done. God, so you're alone. When your thoughts are thinking about the past, you're alone. 
when your thoughts go to the future, and they do periodically, and they do periodically go to the past, my friends, and that's okay. It's not like you should judge yourself and say, nah, nah, nah. It's just that you're alone then, so don't stay there long. And if you go to plans for the future and you, you let your mind become absorbed with all the doom that can possibly befall you in the future, guess what? You're alone because God isn't in the future. God is right now. And what is so interesting for me is that it could be that this reading online thing is a one-time event and existed only for Sherry last week who was very happy, who wrote emails saying how it really worked for her, but she wanted answers. And what is so totally amazing for me, my friends, is while I was full of doubt about whether I should have done an online reading, I decided to pick up this book because we had kind of a lazy afternoon. Isn't that what Sunday afternoon should be in the ideal world? I was in Santa Fe and we were taking a friend to the airport, and in between then and the show, I picked up this book, The Shack, and I had read about 10 or 15 pages of it, maybe a little bit more, but not much. And my gosh, I I started reading, and I got about 50 or 60 pages into it, and behold, a miracle. Everything that I had been saying to Sherry, I had been sharing with Sherry from the other side, not my words. Everything I felt and translated was right there in that book. And I guess I took that as a sign that we should try to do this when there are people who are interested in having a reading. They will be drawn to us and we will provide that uh, divine service (laughs) but beyond that um to me that was a sign so now brian you're on for a while talk a little my friend well for me i had a fantastic week um it was my birthday on thursday that was one fantastic thing i know that Um, and happy birthday again yeah happy birthday now 31st okay (laughs) and uh on that day, I had a, a fantastic opportunity to be interviewed on a radio station that not only airs on the Internet, much like we do yes. here on Blog Talk Radio, but also yes. was heard on uh, the greater Massachusetts area in the Boston region. Yes. And the, the interview went fantastic. I had a, a wonderful time and Good. not sure what's going to come of it, but it was a wonderful experience nonetheless just to get me oh, accustomed to you know, possibilities that could come about. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Good for you. Good for you. And then That's great. another fantastic thing that took place that was out of the blue but fantastic was on Friday night at 11 o'clock at night, my friend called me who I hadn't talked to in three years. And last time we talked, uh, things kind of went south. And I, now that he he now that he reminded me, I didn't even remember this because I just let it go. Because uh, on his end, we want to be friends, so that's I just have to let that go. And the last thing I did was call him and say, "Well, I don't know why this friendship's ending, um, but if it's ending, then I'm fine with that. But I would like to know why." And I never did receive a call back. And that was one of the things. The first things he said to me was, "I'm sorry that I didn't even call you back on on why it ended." And, and he went on to mention that he didn't even know why it ended, and he's sorry for the whole thing, and, and I just told him right off the start, it's, it's water under the bridge. And that, in, in a way, kind of blew him back, and he was happy to hear that. And I think that's a fantastic thing we can do for ourselves, and that was a demonstration for myself and for him of forgiveness because I didn't say, hey, i got to have an explanation now. I didn't say, wait a minute. We can't just start up like you know, like you know, we had talked yesterday, and the things that we can we can feel hurt, and we can feel like we have to now get back at the other person. And when we let that go, there's healing that takes place instantaneously. And we went on to have a two-hour conversation, literally getting back like nothing had went had been missing. 
like we had talked the previous day. And, oh, that's wonderful. That is really wonderful. You know, um, I have come to recognize it. I feel like I'm having, like, giant epiphany moments, and some of them fired by words you've said, Brian. And and this next thing for me uh, that kind of goes along with your mending relationships with your friend and allowing the past to stay there is the idea that this week I realized, now I've said this many times, but saying it, knowing it, believing it, living it are very different things, my friends. Many times we know things for a very long time before we actually truly believe it. But it, I came to recognize that now that I recognize being in the moment truly, that that moment then is what my thoughts are. And so I define that very moment. And I can, when, for instance, in your case, you could have held hurt feelings, and that would have become what the moment was all about. Yep. Or you could decide to embrace the beauty of the moment, you know, which you did. And it's how we see it, the words we use. And so I have have had a problem at work with somebody, and I'm just not allowing any negative words to be a part of my view of it. And it's interesting. That's all I'll say right now. It's interesting because Brian at one point shared with me, folks, and I believe he shared on the air, that it's all in us. So when somebody is is reacts to us negatively, um, and and I said, well, wait a minute, you know, you can your reaction can you can be in I think wrongly reacted to. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying that you can somebody can be wrongly responding to you that, that it's just I mean completely out of the blue wrong but it doesn't matter brian is right it doesn't matter what matters is what you do in your mind with that person's behavior or words and yesterday i tried it i i somebody was telling me something that potentially uh, i didn't necessarily agree with their position but it didn't matter. My my feelings, one way or the other, weren't right. And I just started laughing. I said, isn't that so funny that that other person felt this way? And what was amazing is pretty soon the person who was telling me the story was laughing too. And it lost some of the sting. I think that's a wonderful story and a wonderful conclusion there. And I know we've all heard the term before, laugh it off. Mm-hmm. And literally, yeah. as you laugh it off, it loses its sting. Yeah, I was amazed, but it's true. You know, when you can pull yourself into the moment, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. My friends, if somebody happens to call in and wants a reading, fine. If they don't, we're going to move right on, because uh, Brian and I are, are here about the word word was with God, and the word was God. So we're here to try to exemplify God with our words, and I'm working real hard. I don't succeed. I'm probably close to being an abysmal failure, but I am working really hard to remember every word I say is a reflection of God. To me, that is a very powerful passage in John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. And to me also, the success in remembering that part is to surrender and let go and let God. I have more stories to talk about on that, and I'm sure, Brian, you probably do too. Oh, of course. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, that's true. You know, let me tell. I have a... (laughs) Yeah. Let us tell you the times. <laughs> 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 
So anything else exciting go on in your week? I have to tell you, it's already been wah, 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 birthday for 31 years, then uh, the uh, wonderful radio program, and then my gosh, a friend from the past hearkening back into your life with joy. Um, so did you guys make arrangements to see each other or something? Um, yeah, yeah, we're going to go golfing for my birthday uh, next Sunday, actually. Good. Uh-oh. <laughs> After the show. After the show. (laughs) After the show, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'll start my Sunday off right and then go then go golfing. Yes. Yes, I, I happen to, to be more acquainted with the breed of golfers who want to be there at five in the morning or some such. Oh, time. oh no! I, <laughs> you know, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe before we start here on on talking a bit about surrender, um, and you know what, I um, today's a, a kind of unique. Uh, day and that Brian and I normally talk a few minutes before the show and we didn't get an opportunity to do that today and uh, on some level I was happy and on another level I was a little bit nervous but I surrendered and um, I was nervous that maybe something was wrong and so Brian let me just say first thank you God that Brian's okay because I really was concerned for your well-being and the um, and that I wasn't doing the um, the mom guilt thing either. There, I'm I'm very serious because on the other side of that coin, uh, I was relieved because my parents are here and I was making them breakfast when we normally talked, and I wasn't too sure how I could hold the phone and flip the eggs. You know, <laughs> I just don't have a lot of. I'm not a good multitasker in the cooking and talking arena. Uh, I have to kind of focus on one or the other. But um, with that said, I, I when we finish uh, the centering exercise, which Brian is going to take us through a little bit of breathing, a little bit of centering, my friends, um, in the, for the next few minutes, when we finish that, we're going to talk about surrendering. And um, we're going to, you know, let's talk about it, Brian. I think that each and every one of us have a moment when we face the stark reality, believe me, I think we have them every day, but a giant moment when we have to face and accept, because surrender involves acceptance. We have to face and accept that God knew something was going to happen, and we still need to surrender to the time, to the idea that We just need to keep plugging away, doing our very best. We just need to keep plugging away. By way of example, I think my biggest surrender, and and Brian can think about it while he's leading us in centering. I I hope you know I'm smiling, Brian. I'm normally smiling, but I'm smiling bigger because I've put the boogie on you. you But my biggest one in terms of surrendering was, I read this book called The Celestine Prophecy. And when I finished reading that book, I realized for the first time as a human being that God knew that I was going to survive incest, that God knew these other dire things were going to happen in my life, and I was mad. I was really mad that God let me be in that place. that place of pain and suffering. And how is that fair to a child? How is that fair? And my solution to that was first to look into the Bible. And uh, I was pretty active in my church. And I read in the Psalms about people being angry with God. And I read in Isaiah about people being angry with God and shouting at God. How could you let this happen to me? And in the midst of my shouting and my rage, two things happened. One, I looked out at the world and realized for the first time that that really probably wasn't a surprise to my soul. That the God I know would not send us into this planet, onto this planet, into this life, 
without giving us a pre-warning about what's going to happen. And so as a consequence, I often say to my friends, that is our deal where we say, okay, now, I'd like you to go back, and, and I, or I say, I would like to go back, and I want to experience this, and I want to experience that, or maybe God asks us to come back. Who knows? Who cares? So I'd like you to go back, Iris, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, but I want you to know that you're going to have a poor and struggling childhood, that you're going to survive incest. And there's a very person who cause that in your life will teach you to read, which will, when you mature, become the most valuable asset you have. You will make your life on the word and on reading. That these same people will teach you a caring and giving and sharing that is marveled by few. Can you keep your eye on the ball? And remember that I'm asking you to come and share with others that I love them. And I said yes. And through God's grace, I was able and am able to keep my eye on the ball most of the time. But I promise there was a second thing that happened then. The second thing was I turned and I went and took my hands and I turned them up, upside down. And I put my hands into the hands of Jesus as I saw him walking toward me. And I released the pain of those days and felt the joy surrender and acceptance that's my moment now I see we have a caller on the air Brian would you uh, rather lead us in the centering exercise and then we speak to that caller what do you think is best let's go ahead and take the call okay thank you hi my name's Mara who are you hello I'm thinking you're just calling in just to listen, so welcome. Thank you. Brian's going to lead us in a centering exercise now, and peace be with you now and always. Brian, if you want to lead us, and I am going to go with, oh, I love that song, but I used it on Friday. I'm sorry, I should have picked out the music uh, in advance. Let's go with Randy Lee Church's uh, Church Unwind is the song, Randy Lee Church Unwind. And then if we have a little bit of extra time, we'll move into uh, uh, Lisa Lynn and George Tortorelli, The Journey. Okay, does that sound good for you? You probably don't know Sounds these fun. pieces, but if you hear some change, you'll know why. Okay, Brian, thank you, and you're on. Before we go, we start this um, exercise, I just want to share this wonderful analogy that came to me yesterday during my show. And since the show is talking today about surrender, I think this is a perfect analogy for this. So what came to mind yesterday was that God is the creator of all. And if we think of life as an orchestra, God is the conductor of the whole orchestra. We play our role in the symphony of life. And as we sit quietly, waiting for our direction from the conductor, we then play our music beautifully and with fervor and gratitude. And we play it with enthusiasm. And as we do this, the whole symphony flows together beautifully, like a masterpiece one that only the conductor of all could put together. And when we feel that we should be used more than we are, it's like we are a child rather than a professional musician, getting a drum set for the first time, having no clue what we're doing, 
but wanting to be effective and wanting attention. So we beat on the drums endlessly, tirelessly, until all those around us are annoyed, telling you to stop. So as we realize that surrender is not about being ineffective, but rather being most effective because you're moving when you're supposed to. And as you do so, the beautiful music of the universe, and the universe can be said as uni, one, verse, song. The universe is one song of which we all play our part. And as we get into flow with that, and stay in tune with it, life flows so beautifully, it's almost in- unbelievable. Now with that analogy and thought in your mind, I ask you to get comfortable and starting to breathe into the nose and out of the nose. And if you do not find that comfortable enough, then please feel free to breathe into the nose and out of the mouth. And now as you continue to breathe in, nice deep breath, but remaining relaxed at the same time, and breathing out, begin to close your eyes and get in tune with the rhythm of your breath. Into the nose and out of the nose. And as you relax more and more, you feel the rhythm more and more. And you begin to dance with the rhythm of your breathing. And as you continue to breathe in and breathe out, you might notice that you just start to breathe rhythmically without effort. And as you continue to notice the rhythm and become one with it, you see that you synchronize with it perfectly without effort whatsoever. It's like you become merged with it and you become the same thing as it. And as you continue to breathe in and out, feeling this flow, noticing it, enjoying it, being grateful for it, you might begin to see that you can simply connect with it at any time. And if there comes a time in your life when you might feel disconnected from this symphony, from this beautiful work of art that only God can put together, that you can always jump back in and become a part of the symphony once again. That your seat is never taken up. It always remains there waiting for you to come back and join in in the beautiful symphony. And as you continue to breathe into the nose and out of the nose, it might enter your awareness a rhythm, a beat, a sound, a song. You might hear it in your head or you might just feel a vibration all throughout your body. And as you feel this or hear this, or see this, you are once again getting into rhythm with the universe, playing your song, playing your instrument beautifully, professionally, perfectly. And as you begin to play this, you might begin to see or feel or recognize that you can make no mistakes. You are perfect. 
you need not worry about when to play because you're always looking to the conductor and following his rhythm, following his guidance. And as you do so, all is well, perfect and beautiful. And it's music to your ears. And as we continue to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose, merging more and more, becoming more complete with this knowing, this experience. And as we continue to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose, I want you to start to bring your awareness back to your breath. Feeling your lungs expand and contract with every breath. And as you do this, you might still feel, hear, and see this rhythm all throughout your being and all throughout your body. And as you connect with this more and more, even through just simply your breath, you realize that it doesn't take much to reconnect with this. In fact, all it takes sitting quietly, breathing, focusing, and giving your attention to the conductor so that you might get back in the rhythm of life and become a dancing partner with it once again. here centered together, why don't we reach our right and left hands out and form a circle of love. Let's invite God, whom I like to call love, into our lives right now and feel the presence of our connection. We release the energy that we have through our fingers. And I would like to imagine whatever your dominant side is, left or right, for you to feel God holding your hand. To know that God, as you construct him or her, is always there, always with you, always by your side and always willing to hold your hand. And somehow, when you're jumping into the swimming pool for the first time, or the umpteenth time, when you know that you are surrendering to the moment, and you are jumping into that cold water, but someone who loves you is right there with you, holding your hand, it is safer. You are safe, my friend. You are safe. God loves you. Brian, thank you so much for that beautiful meditation. That's lovely, lovely. You're welcome. That was indeed a pleasure. It truly was. We have a caller on the air from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. A caller, would you like to talk or participate, or do you just want to listen? Your hey, silence yeah, is going. This is Dr. Aish from Raleigh, North Carolina. Greeting, and that's a beautiful Greetings uh, to Great. Greetings to you, Doctor. Doctor, I, I didn't get your last name. It's Aish, A-Y-E-S-H, from Raleigh, A-Y-E- North Carolina. Ayesh, yes, from Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome. Welcome. We're so pleased to have you here. Um, can we help you today, or do you want to listen? Do you want to contribute? It's really your choice. Well, I just want to confirm to you that uh, love has to be unconditional. Yes. And, has, and uh, as you know, 
love is the dynamic force in the universe. And I'm sure yeah. Brian will will, will uh, confirm that. Yes, my friend. And how are you, Dr. Ayesh? How are you doing, my friend? I am blessed and highly favored no matter what. Thank you for asking, Brian. How about you? I'm um, fantastic. Wonderful. Perfect. <laughs> He's definitely wonderful. <laughs> As are you. As are you, sir. I won't go that far. I mean, I, I will go. I will go as far as complete. I don't know about perfect, but <laughs> what, what's the difference? Yeah. Well, when uh, you complete, when you complete, you have no holes. <laughs> yeah. Brian explained to me uh, the other day, and I think it may have been on the air even that wonderful. If you spell it O N E, and you think of der is D E. It would be full, uh, one full. So we are one with God, and uh, that's what we believe. So that's why we're wonderful, and so are you. Oh, thank you. What, what I'm saying is, the perfect is belong to the create, to the creator. Yes. And, and so do you. And, and in that sense, yeah, because I, I do believe that there is God in every one of us. But uh, yes, in our totality, we are perfect. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Perfect, yes, I understood. Just to, to have a distinction between the creator and the creation, the creation is complete, but the creator is, is perfect. I would agree with you that in our total connectedness, we are perfect. And here we are experiencing imperfection so that we know what perfection feels like. Well, we're so honored to have you call in today, and, and we so appreciate your thoughts and your feelings. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Brian was going to talk to us about what stands out in his mind as his moment uh, of uh, surrender, uh, with the idea that surrender and, and acceptance obviously go hand in hand, uh, you know, and believing in a, a a divine, albeit human-powered wisdom that governs our planet. Certainly, uh, there's an awful lot of human uh, free will and independence. Uh, I will share with you that in that book I read, too, it was interesting because the um, the author talked uh, about his re- his experience with God, and part of that experience was the idea that the more independent we become, the more we are without God. And and so the more we strive to realize our free will uh, and push forward with our plan without inviting God into the decision, the uh, you know the more chaos, the more fear driven we as humans are. And, and, Doctor, I sense that um, there is something heavy on your, your heart or blocking your throat. And I, I just want to tell you that we're sending you love right now. Uh, I don't know that you called for us to talk to you, but um, I sense almost a little, almost closed throat, like a sore throat, and um, a bit of discomfort on the right side of your chest. And... Um, I would almost say sadness, and so I want you to know that uh, that right now we are sending you absolute, the purest love that Brian and I have in us to you, and more importantly, we're telling you that God loves you just as you are, just as you are. Brian, um, I know I put you on this spot, but uh, were you able during the time you were doing the centering exercise to think of uh, what you would like to say? In terms of surrender, you've had such a miraculous few months here, my friend. <laughs> you know, so go for it. I'm sure it's right there. <laughs> I, I first want to start off with saying that you, you can never put me on the spot unless I'm not in one with God. You see, so I haven't put a, a single thought into it because I will look to the conductor now to give me the words to say in this moment because that's the only time there ever is. So when oh, we can start right. to really, really understand that with inside of ourselves, it's just like the prayer that I opened up this show with. I don't have to worry about what to say or what to do 
because he who sent me will direct me. Yes, you're right. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. All right, so you're not on the spot. Just talk. Okay, so I think the surrender, when I would would think about surrender in my younger days or um, before I really understood what it was all about, I would think to myself, if I'm going to surrender, then why am I even here? If I'm just going to surrender and do whatever someone else wants me to do, I don't have my independence, I don't have my freedom. That doesn't sound like a good life to me. But then I, I began to realize that it's just like you, what you just shared with us from that book. And this, I'm so glad you, you know, here's synchronicity again, just uh, rearing its head on, on everything like it always does. Because the mm-hmm. flow of that, of that book is perfect with the flow of what we're talking about now and where I'm going to go right here in the fact that when you are surrendering to the moment, you are getting the perfect situation that you need in this moment right here and now in every moment. And as you surrender more and more, you realize that you are actually co-creating your perfect life with the Creator. It's not that the Creator says, okay, I've got it all for you, and you need do nothing. Um, in fact, why do I even have you here? No, it's that you get to co-create with the, the universe because the universe is unlimited. Unlimited. It has no limits. And you, know, you can go anywhere with it. But when you try to create it, you become instantly limited you become limited so much that you have your, your, your um, effect of power to create is so limited. You still have the creation. You can't be without creation because you are a part of the creator. But you're, it's limited by so much that you get stuck into your own small little piece that you're able to create. But when you get into flow and you play with the symphony of life, with the creative life, then it becomes expansive, so gargantuan. You can't even imagine it when you're stuck in your little place. So as you start to surrender it, and you start to say, okay, show me a step. Let me see what this is all about. Give me the next piece. As you do that, and you start to do that, do that more and more, you begin to realize, oh my God, I had no idea. And even I can say that now, that I've experienced so much more now from surrendering to, to the moment, I still have no idea in my mind what is going to come for me later. All I can do is deal with what I got now. And when I'm trying to figure it all out and I'm trying to make it all happen, I'm going back to, just like you said, I'm in a place where I'm all by myself. Or at least I experience myself in a place of being all by myself when really we can never truly be separated. But it's, it's much like what I just said is it's the, the creating aspect is so minuscule compared to the totality of it all that it can feel like you're separate. And that's the experience of us trying to figure it out. And so think of how easy life would be if we just said, I have no idea what to do next. You show me. And then he says, okay, do this and this and this, and boom, you're off and running. Is there any boredom in that? No, there's no boredom. There's perfect direction, and there's plenty to do and it's all done with with love and with um, enthusiasm for one part because you know what to do next. You're not sitting there going, what if and what if and what about that and all these negative ideas of confusion never enter into the field of your realm of consciousness because you're always being told where to go and what to do. And you just follow and have fun the whole time. That, you know, that is just absolutely so true. In fact, um, I wanted to share a um, an email. One of my friends, I've been telling her everything was okay. And I want to tell you the ending before we get to the beginning. Um, she called me on Friday and she said, you are not going to believe this. And I thought, well, it's hard for me not to believe much, you know. But uh, I go, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's going to be there. But um, 
she uh, it turned out that everything I had told her about her how her business was going to survive this very difficult financial time and that there was good news on the horizon for her. And she said one of her big clients had changed their mind and was not taking their work away. And it was just beautiful. And I had just sent her now, uh, let's see, it's just four days ago, so I had sent her this on Wednesday, I believe. And it's from the shack. It's from that book. This passage says exactly what you just said, uh, Brian, exactly. And the only thing is, folks, my friend, um, as I began to evolve uh, into being brave enough to say that God loves you, I realized that, that we can't constrain God to one being and say, okay, God loves you if you love Jesus. <laughs> or God loves you if you love Allah, or God loves you if you love all uh, Yahweh, um, and or Buddha, or whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not just a little bit. It's the whole thing, my friends. God loves us all unconditionally. Remember, in the valley on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in His flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. I could not, my friends, Rabia the mystic really touches me because I could not believe that God just loved a small group. And when I would sit in church, and I was very active in my church, and I would sit there, and my stomach would start getting upset at the restriction and the elimination of millions of people from God's love. I know God's big enough. And I knew I was here to help tell people that. So I changed the word Jesus to love, okay? Because the book does say Jesus. Love chuckled. Relax, Max. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, by the way. But now let me tell you, now, but now tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind, in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? Mac thought for a moment before answering. I suppose that I would have to say I spend very little in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, but most of the rest of the time I am trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people, when I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not the past. Although much can be remembered and learned by looking back only for a visit, not an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future. You visualize or imagine. Uh, do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? Again, Max stopped and thought. It was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future. And in his imagination, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And love was also correct in Max's Max imagination of the future, God was always absent. Why do I do that, asked Mac. It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you can't. It is impossible for you to take control of the future because it isn't even real, nor will it ever be real. You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality, and then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. My friends, to avoid the unreal future you have in your mind. So why do I have so much fear in my life? Because you don't believe. You don't believe that God loves you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in God's love. I am not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, but imagine fears, and especially the projection of those into the future, to the degree those have a place in your life, you neither believe God is good nor know deep in your heart that God loves you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. Isn't that beautiful? That's from the book, The Shack. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and it pretty much says what you just said. Dr. Ayesh, do you have any comments you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, God loves us unconditionally, so we don't have to go beyond if. If you 
do this and if you do that and if you love Jesus or if you do if you love uh, Yahweh or if you love Allah I mean just unconditionally it doesn't matter what, what your situation uh, God's love because he God God is is love yes. God himself is the love their love and he loves us unconditionally regardless whatever whatever uh, circumstances we are in Yes, yes. God is love. That's. That's the reason I said that love is the dynamic force in the universe because that's God. Yes, it is. It's not the static; it's dynamic. So, so everything is moving in the universe, and that's exactly yes. what God He is, because He is love. Yes, yes, I agree. Brian, I think I may have inadvertently cut you off there, and I think you had a comment. Oh, no, no worries. I don't have a comment now. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, thank you. So, my friends, uh, feel free to call in if you'd like to comment on the idea of surrender and acceptance. The number is 646-595-3584. So, Brian, you kind of sidestep the issues. So can we make you get down and dirty and be personal? What do you recall as the most momentous moment of surrender for you? I think it oh. helps our listeners to realize that we are all we are human beings just like them. We experience all the dynamics of this life. And so do you have one in mind or is is so many that you can't think of? I'm teasing you. <laughs> no, I nothing's coming to mind at the moment. Um I'll keep I'll keep searching for one. Um I mean, for the for the most part, um, I guess to be a little bit general at first until maybe I, something comes to mind, is that, like you've been mentioning all show, is that acceptance is really a key part in the whole thing. Okay, um, here we go. In fact, I, I'm, I'm, I talked about this two weeks ago, or maybe it was three weeks ago, uh, with my roommate. And the fact that we had gotten into an argument and, and she was, uh, accusing me of so many things and I started to find myself defending myself and um, you know uh, attacking back if you will um, not with, with hatred things but just practical things that are you know like oh she wouldn't move her vehicle so I said I'll call the cops and um, you know just things that, that were definitely threatening to her but I wasn't doing it at, you know to, to scare her but more of you know I got to do some things and if you're not going to cooperate then I'll take the uh, proper steps to make it take place. And when the whole conversation was done, it was a very negative one, and it sounded like it was going to be um, the War of the Roses, and we were going to you know, fight it out to the, to the bitter end. And I was stuck with that all day in my mind and playing, playing it over in my mind, being in the past, and trying to figure out the future based on what I knew and what I could do about the whole situation and the whole time I was doing that, I was literally in hell. And luckily, I had some wonderful friends uh, around me helping me to not be so much in the um, past or in the future. And I was able to come to an, an understanding within my own mind and say, okay, I have to let this go. And I don't just mean, um, yes. you know, let it go as, Okay, I'll, I'll talk about it, think about it later. But no, I had to let it go permanently and say, I'm not going to try to figure out what I'm going to do when she says this or this happens, and I've got it all figured out, so I'll go into the, to the situation knowing. But rather, I'll go into the situation not knowing, but knowing whatever happens, it'll end up perfectly. And the moment I did that, which was probably two hours, maybe three hours later after the initial ending of our conversation, when I returned home later that day, she approached me and said, I'm leaving in the next couple of days. And that was it. And she told me she was going to be leaving four days later. And what actually ended up happening was she left two days later. Wow. That is a complete miracle com compared to where I was and where the whole conversation ended earlier that day and to what actually took place two days later. So when we surrender things, the negative things in our lives will leave so much faster than we could ever make it happen, and the positive things will enter our lives so much quicker than we could ever make it happen. What we literally do 
is when we surrender and say, I don't know, but I look to you for direction. When we do that, the time-space um, experience collapses and things that we feel should take a long time can happen instantaneously because there is no such thing. There, is, there are no limits in God. It's only when we think we have to make it happen that limitation and time and space come into equation. So when yes. we accept, there's three parts to it. When we accept, allow, and surrender, nothing is impossible. Yes, yes. You know, and um, I'd like to... Um, there is a Georgian chant, my friends, that we'll finish off the show with that deals with those moments when we're in crisis. But surrendering to God is, is also a little bit different because it's, it means letting go of control of your life. And uh, there's a young man who just turned 31 on Thursday who may be too modest to talk about letting go of his life. Less than a year ago, he he was not on the path he's on now. He he was of worldly ways, and he made a decision to allow that pulsing beat that he had a message to share to take over his life. And he went to visit with people he didn't know in Texas. He never knew them, but he went to learn about strange things such as opening your mind to God's message and he more and more opened his life up until he came back and he started studying the Course in Miracles then he started having a radio program and he believed in wonders that Neil Donald Walsh would be willing to be on his radio program and other very significant spiritual leaders would talk to him. Someone that they didn't know and they hadn't known about. And each time that he surrendered to the driven life, each time he allowed the string of God to open his heart and unfold his life, it grew. It grew in his message and his surrender and his willingness to be a servant of God grew. Brian, I can't speak for you, but for me, if I were to pick the moment of greatest surrender, it would be those decisions that reflect so much on the man you are and the spiritual leader that you are becoming. So, surrender, my friends, comes in times of distress and it also comes in how we live our lives don't think that it's easy to live your life God driven because it means that sometimes you act exactly the opposite of the way the people around you are acting now we have about two minutes left in the show Brian I say namaste to you and uh, I'm going to let Dr. Aish and Brian speak. Now we have one minute. Speak, uh, and then I will share with you the Georgian chant as we close. Um, Dr. Aish, I'll let you speak first. Is there anything you'd like to say as we're leaving today? Yes, I just want to confirm that each one of us is, uh, is the love and the life and the light in the universe. Thank yes. you. Thank you, sir. Brian. Thank you for sharing that story. Yes, um, that was definitely the keystone moment in my life uh, for becoming who I am now. And much like I mentioned earlier, it kind of goes right along with what I was saying earlier. And when you start to take steps, things open up that you have no idea where they can go, but they just end up being beautiful and astounding. And that was definitely a keystone situation for me um, about 14 months ago. And... Um, it's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic opening for me. And like I say, I'm going to go even further, and I have no idea where it's going to end up, but I know it's going to be fantastic and wonderful, and I look forward to um, experiencing it all. And you and I, I'm honored to be a part of, of your experience for as long as that lasts. 
My friends, uh, the Georgian chant is, when you're in times of struggle, you should say, and you say it three times, and all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. And all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. And all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. We are here today to tell you that God loves you. Peace be with you this week. Until next week. Goodbye. Love you all. Thank you. Love you all. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. I'm going to turn off the show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.